Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 13th. 2016. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm Philip Rossman Reich. Boy, I can't talk today. Uh, I am the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have once again another game day. Uh, can you imagine that? A game, game, uh, pretty quickly, a road game at that, and the first game of a back-to-back. Boy, the schedule makers love the Magic uh, early in this month of December. The Orlando Magic, of course, traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Hawks. I'll have a complete preview of that game. My thoughts on the Hawks. Uh, and the team that the Magic will be facing. I'll also talk a little bit about the defense and how the defense has begun to slide a little bit uh, at this point in the season, really the last week of the season, and how the Magic are kind of working to get that consistent again. And then our pals from Dunked On Basketball Podcast uh, did it did their uh, 15 and 60 uh, podcast again, uh, talked a little bit about Magic, so I'll play that and have a reaction to that. But before we get going, I do want to say a quick word about our friends from BetDSI.com. Are you ready to get into the action? Well, then you should check out BetDSI.com. They've got over 20 years in the business. They have great basketball specials. If you sign up today, you get $10 for you to try their service. BetDSI is also offering 100% bonus on your first deposit. They have great customer service, fast and easy payment on winnings, hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can also get UFC and plenty of other sports as well. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI. So go to BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use promo code MAGIC10. Get your free wager and start winning today. And of course, always bet responsibly if that is what you choose to do. The Orlando Magic obviously going back on the road. They had a light day of practice Monday. Uh... First practice in nearly two weeks. I, I, I don't believe they've practiced since before the San Antonio game. They didn't practice at all while they're on their that road trip, and certainly they wanted to get back in and drill some things, kind of get back into into the swing of things and work work on some stuff. But Frank Vogel said he had a light day of practice, didn't want to push them too hard, considering they just came off of eight games in twelve days, and they got a back to back coming up, playing the Hawks on Tuesday, and then the Clippers on Wednesday at the Amway Center. Uh, Plus, on top of all that, Nikola Vucevic and Bismack Biombo sat out practice. Vucevic, of course, nursing a back injury. They did some non-contact work with him. He was uh, running on the treadmill uh, when the, when we were allowed into practice to watch him shoot free throws. Uh, Bismack Biombo uh, did not participate in practice either uh, with the shoulder injury, but uh, you know, no one knows if either of them are going to play. They're both questionable depending on how they feel uh, tomorrow before the game against the Hawks. So obviously... Um, the Magic still a little bit worried about being shorthanded, and this is not a team to be shorthanded against. Yes, the Hawks are about a week and a half removed from a seven-game losing streak, uh, and they really struggled in in that moment, but they're coming off uh, one of their best wins of the season, probably their best win of the season. They went to Milwaukee, 
were down by 20 at halftime and came back and won the game 114 to 110. A really impressive victory from the Hawks. Obviously, we know there's a lot to know about them. They still do a lot of the Hawksy things that the Hawks do. And, and by that I mean they move the ball really well. They had 30, they had more than 30 assists in that game against the Bucks. And did I mention that game was Friday? So they've been sitting at home waiting for the Magic uh, for a few days now. And so Orlando is going to be coming into a team that's pretty well rested. You know, maybe they'll they'll face a little bit of rust, but this is an Atlanta team that plays really well and especially plays really well at home. We know the characters by now on the Hawks. They've got uh they've got a guy in Paul Millsap who can change games uh, and can be a real big big player uh doing so many different things. He's really uh, Frank Vogel said uh, at practice day he's really the player that makes them go. They've got Dwight Howard. We know plenty about Dwight Howard and. Vogel, I mean, maybe this is, you know, talking up his opponent, but Vogel certainly, Vogel said he still looks like he's doing the things that he did when he was in Orlando, maybe not putting up the same kind of numbers. They've got Dennis Schroeder, who's, who had 30 points in the game Friday, really starting to come to his, come into his own as a starting point guard. They've got shooters like Kyle Korver, Kent Bazemore's hurt, uh, but they got Tim Hardaway who can hit some shots. Um, this is still a really, really interesting team. Now, they're different. Than, than the typical Hawks team because Al Horford's not there. And what Al Horford did was spread the floor. So they they have to change things up a little bit with Dwight in there. And when Dwight gets going, they become really tough. But I worry more, honestly, I worry a little bit more about this team and their ball movement and how dangerous they can be um, overall when Mike Muscala's in because Muscala can, can step out and hit the shot. Now that's not to say they're a better team with Muscala over Howard. They're definitely better with Howard as their starting center because he still creates a lot of gravity and still creates a lot of force in there. Uh, but they're different. They're not quite the Atlanta Hawks of the last few years that have really, really shined and been a dominant team. So this is a very interesting, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Certainly, the Magic are in trouble if they don't have Vucevic and they don't have Biombo because they're going to need all, all hands on deck to handle, uh, to handle Dwight Howard. At the same time, I really am intrigued by the matchup of Serge Ibaka and Paul Millsap. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. Ibaka's going to have to be on his game defensively. DJ Augustin and Alfred Payton have to be on their game defensively against a shooter. And the Magic have to be really together and look good as a defensive unit. This is a great test for the defense uh, coming off the practice, coming off kind of a, a chance to take a little bit of a deep breath. The one thing I would say about this game, and again, there's no such thing as a must-win, but coming off of a three-game losing streak, coming off this this long stretch of games where you're tired, this is an equal opponent. This is a, this is an opponent with about the same record that you have. This is this is an opponent that the Magic have to be thinking about stealing a win. And more than anything else, more than anything, this game is important to see that the Magic get that defense back under control because that's what has caused them all the problems the last few games. Like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit about the defense here. The Magic are still fighting to make their defense their identity. We thought they had it done uh, in the in the in the on the road trip. They were playing at top level. They were the third best defense in the league by defensive rating. In the last week, they've fallen to 12th. They had in the last week they've had the 27th best defensive rating, giving up more than 112 points per 100 possessions in games this past week. That's not good. Any way you cut it, that is not good. And the Magic certainly want to be a better team. And so the focus as the Magic got back to practice 
on on Monday was completely on the defense and, and fixing the problems that they have there. Play better defense. Uh, it's plain and simple. I know it sounds cliche, but um, you know that's how we get back to you know the team we were on that on that road trip. Uh, you know we have to you know put these games past games behind us. You know, continue to build on our offense, which has been clicking, but defensively we have to continue to, you know, make progress and get back into the top five uh, defensive teams in the league like we were during that stretch. That, of course, is Jeff Green uh, talking after practice on Monday, and he's absolutely right that the key to the Magic is getting back on defense. While their offense has played a little bit better, I'm sort of sure Boston and Charlotte were hiccups, but the Magic probably put in two of their, I think two of their top five Best de- best offensive performances by offensive rating uh, in the win in the win over Washington and the loss to Denver. So the offense seems to be finding some space, and and there is you know maybe a, a smidge of concern that uh, that the offense is kind of detracting from the defense that they're kind of getting suckered into offensive minded games, and that's obviously not what the Magic want because they are a defensive team, but. They do, rec- they do seem to recognize that defense is going to be their ticket. Evan Fournier said after practice Monday, he'd rather win games with their defense than trying to outscore opponents. He'd rather the offense struggle uh, and the defense succeed, you know, almost like it was at the beginning of the season. There's just a... a right now, you know, I, I can't pinpoint exactly what is wrong with the defense. Um, we've seen this team. They're still top half of the league. They're 12th in the league in defensive rating. So we know they're capable of playing very good defense uh, for the majority of a season. You know, in fact, they spent about a month playing some some top-notch defense as the top defense in the league. Um, they're, they've given up four straight games with 100, po- given up 100 points in four straight games. That's the longest such streak since the beginning of the season. And I would admit that the defense for the last four games has looked a bit lost. Not quite as bad as it did in those early games, in those early days, but it did look a little bit off. And, you know, I've been the one to point to fatigue and and no one will use that as an excuse. They should still win the games, but I wouldn't call the Magic's defense the last four games a lack of effort. I wouldn't say that the Magic were lacking effort. And and I think at the beginning of the year, you could kind of say that. They, They weren't in the right spots. They didn't know where to be. I think what happened in the last four games, to be frank, um, is the Magic just were tired. You know, they they couldn't make the snap decisions and the snap rotations that you know are instinct when they're drilled into you, and and you can push through through fatigue. This isn't a team that's going to be able to do that and to to recall that very quickly. They're going to need they're going to need some help, to be frank. Uh, and I think a practice will help them kind of refocus. Some some time to recuperate will help them refocus as well. Uh, and you know, hopefully, seeing them give up a hundred or so points and uh, on a couple of straight games is is reason enough for them to know we've got to snap back into attention. That's where I land. Um, I think I've seen enough from this team, honestly. And, and we've got our power rankings roundup up right now on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Uh, and you know, I probably used this term a few times. They are the Magic are one of the biggest teases in the league. They've gone from bad week to good week to bad week to good week. They haven't been able to string together two good weeks in a row. But what was relatively constant throughout the season is, yeah, the Magic are going to hold you down to a ridiculously low scoring amount. They're going to be able to play good defense. And you know, 
I'm I'm not like a crazy data person, um, but I do look at I do look at numbers. I do believe that um, that you know we can learn something from that. And there is enough data. There's enough you know experience to say this is a pretty good defensive team. They're doing good things defensively, and they can rely on their defense pretty consistently. The last four games to me feel like the anomaly. Now that's why I think Tuesday's game. Can, might be so important. Tuesday's game is important to kind of prove that, yes, the, those four games were the anomaly. This is who the team is. This is the chance to grab back, grab the rope again, get back on track, and play the kind of defense that the Magic know they need to play. It's still a struggle. This is still a, a strange team that's coming together. I, you know, I, I, I have a column on this coming out on LineMagicDaily.com. I'm sure I'll discuss it a little bit on tomorrow's show as well. This Magic team is both as good as they were on on the first half of the road trip and as bad as they were last week. They're both of those teams. They have the capability to be both of those teams. And the margin for error, as as Frank Vogel said, is very, very thin. You know, they, they can easily tip over and become the bad version of themselves, and we saw that this last week. Now the question is, are they willing to do the work? Are they willing to get back into the into the workroom, into into the practice court? get back and play the kind of basketball that they need to play to take those next steps, to take the step forward that the Magic need to take. That's going to be the big question, I think, for Tuesday's game against the Atlanta Hawks. Can the defense get back on track? I believe it can. And it may not mean they win on Tuesday. It may not mean they win on Wednesday. This could become an extended losing streak. But I think they can get it back and get back into rhythm and you know, like we saw in San Antonio. When that defense is clicking, they can beat anybody. And I think there's plenty of reason to believe that this defense can click back into shape again. Granted, I think injuries will play a role. The Magic need Nikola Vucevic out there. They need Bismack Biombo out there. They don't have the margin for error where, you know, they can rely on Steven Zimmerman. It wouldn't surprise me, um, you know, they've been flipping between Onowaku and Zimmerman when, when they're both on the roster. wouldn't surprise me if Renze Onowaku gets the call on uh, on Tuesday, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if both are active as they as they may need the fouls against Dwight Howard and and to make sure that they have a viable backup center. I think Ibaka had to play a few too many minutes in Saturday's game uh, with Zimmerman struggling early on, and and then they had to bring in Rudej as well, who um, was okay, not great in that game. So to me, the big thing on Tuesday is to watch the defense. Can the defense get back to the level that it was at? Nationally, of course, the Orlando Magic are still something of a mystery. They uh, seem to confound everybody. I mean, I can't, you know, they, 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 they confused everybody in the summer, and they still seem to confuse everyone today. Uh, we got, of course, if you listen to basketball podcasts, you probably know about the Dunk Don Basketball Podcast with Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue. I highly suggest listening to it. You can find it on iTunes, Dunked On Basketball. That's D-U-N-C apostrophe D for Dunked. Dunked on Basketball Podcast, uh, and they uh, do their weekly 15 and 60 show. They cover the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference uh, every every two weeks. So this week they did Eastern Conference, and here's what they had to say about the Orlando Magic this week. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando Magic, t- uh, 10 and 15, 4 and 4 since the last time we did this, 29th in offense, 
12th in defense, 16% chance of making the playoffs, projected 32 wins, which would put them 12th in the Eastern Conference. What a disappointing last three games it's been for Orlando. I mean, it was just a short bit ago that we were talking about them maybe having turned the corner at 10 and 12. Their defense was, I think, in the top five, and they have just gotten lit up by Boston, put up a buck 17 on them without Isaiah. Washington, I think, what they put up like 124 on them what well, yeah it was 124 116 but so so they put up oh washington, washington put, up, put up 116 on them yes. that's right yeah and they had they had the 124 that's right. right yeah um but they had another couple of bad games i'll, I'll look up what those were uh as you uh talk a little bit more about the magic well yeah i mean denver that was the worst one they they hosted oh denver, yeah that's the one that i was trying hosted to denver lost 121 to 113 and yeah i mean denver while they have talent they have guys that we like i mean and a lot of the traditional just killers for Denver. Jamal Murray was one for six from the field in that game. Boudier was two for six, but Nurkic just murdered them. Eight for 11. Fareed was nine for 10. And when you're starting Serge Ibaka, when you're starting Bismack Biombo, you need to be better than that, even though Fareed was, of course, coming off the bench. Yeah, and they actually have defended the rim quite poorly. This is maybe something we'll look at for next time, like why that is. But with Ibaka and Biombo both in there, they've been defending the rim quite poorly. Uh, they gave up 109 to the Hornets. I mean, they really, these last three games have been so depressing. Um, I mean, after three straight wins where they on the road against Detroit. I mean, they had won four out of five. The only loss was a one-point loss against Memphis, and those four or five were on the road. They beat San Antonio, Philly, Detroit, and Washington, and then just the three straight L's after that to Boston, at Charlotte, and at home against Denver. None none of those losses by less than eight points. Uh, Definitely a concern for them. And I don't know, I I didn't get a chance to catch any of those games. I'd be very interested to see what it was that really kind of fell apart for them. Uh, But... Overall, I mean, are there any other notes that you had on this team? Sure. So they made that big starting lineup change. And since then, so overall, they've been outscored by 3.6 points per 100 possessions. They have a defensive rating of 106.6. And what I found fascinating is that their new starting five has been outscored 241 to 217. So a negative 10 net rating in 112 minutes, which is fairly similar to their old starting five, which been outscored by 6.8. And so when you think about sample sizes and everything like that, their bench makes a lot more sense right now. And so actually, I, I you could make an argument that that sort of balance would be okay, but they need to defend at such a high level because no matter what, their offense is going to be bad. Yeah, with Biombo and Ibaka on the floor, not good so far per NBA Wowie, giving up uh, a 112 defensive rating with those two guys on the floor. And really, you should, I don't care who else is out there with those two guys in theory you should be doing well defensively and they just have not been um we also uh, haven't seen anything of gordon at the four uh even when they theoretically played him at the four it was really rudage who's more of a traditional four i mean and that that lineup kind of makes sense a little bit because rudage is gonna just space the floor and then gordon can operate maybe more as a traditional four on offense and then uh, play as a three on defense and and that i think is kind of the idea with ibaka too but they've been going to ibaka more than just as a spot-up guy i mean i don't recall really seeing much of gordon as a role man do you no and they've only played 24 total minutes this season with gordon and ibaka as the two bigs without a traditional center and while that isn't maybe your 
starting lineup just to understand what you have in those two guys, especially with the investment they made to get Ibaka. I would like to have more more intel on that before you make big decisions with this team. Yeah, and part of that I think is just Ibaka may not be the same guy anymore. Yeah, as a role man. Oh wow, you want to guess how many possessions Aaron Gordon has finished as a role man? Twenty-two. Just a bit high. Three. What? Three possessions as a pick and roll man, and he has three points on those three possessions. So I'm pretty sure that he just shot a three <laughs> for his one bucket. I mean, the guy oh, won man. the slam dunk con- or should have won the slam dunk contest last year. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's really that's incredible. Uh, and he hasn't really been getting on the offensive glass at all either. So like, he's he have... so he shoots as many threes per game as he has had finishes as a role man per season. Yeah, I can't believe that number. And, and they should be like because if he's he was starting at one point with Vooch and Ibaka, you should be able to space the floor, have him be a role man at some point. Now maybe like they're just switching that, and that's why it hasn't been effective as well. I mean, that's another reason to play him at the four is it becomes harder to switch pick and rolls involving him, um, or he can actually drive in a closeout. I mean, he had he's, he's looked okay with his jump like he had a stretch against charlotte where he actually like came came off the baseline kind of made the catch as he was going to the corner and then just took his two steps as he was gathering the ball in and like got his feet behind the line and drained a three he had like a one leg dirk step back on mkg on the baseline so you'll see flashes from him every once in a while but consistency obviously with him shooting 30 percent on three is not there yet and he just he, he could be so much more and it's just like it, it's really it doesn't make any sense for me as we said many times for a team that's trying to win um all right anything anything else we want to say about these guys very briefly gordon is shooting 33 percent, exactly one third on catch and shoot threes and then a majority of his of his threes are wide open and almost all of them are open or wide open so the quality of the looks is not the issue there you also noted that he's fifth to last in transition points per possession and I'm guessing a lot of that is because he's taking jump shots. Another thing that you can get, especially for a team with a bad offense, you really need to get out and transition. And if he's playing at the four, he can beat his man down the floor at the three. He's not really going to be doing that either. I mean, I was actually, I've been re-reading uh, seven seconds or less and with the Suns coaches talking about Sean Marion and how Sean wanted to be a three. And they're like, no, he's way better at the four. So uh, too bad that they... Uh, the magic don't have the sun's coaching staff from 2006 to make uh make aaron gordon uh, play more at the four and and i get it if you want to at least use him some at the three like just to develop his skills and put the ball in his hands placate him a little bit all right that's fine but like just no minutes at the four i don't get it sorry magic fans just keep hammering this in but i mean that three possessions of the roll man like that if, that if we had done me. the 15 and 60 on the east last week we would have been heaping them with praise because they were not only were they winning but they were looking good yeah well I, and i was i was fired up about them and i just i have, i don't know why they've taken this tailspin and, and i think we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks and really dive into that next time obviously uh spot on uh spot on there uh from from mate duncan and danny larue we appreciate their comments on the show be sure to check out their 15 and 60 every monday on the dunked on basketball podcast one of my favorite basketball podcasts so definitely download that they also do a twitter show uh, on the TNT games on Thursday. I don't know if they're doing one for Tuesday. Uh, we'll, we'll have to, I'll have to check that out and see if I can share that with you all on uh, Locked On Magic's Twitter page at Locked On Magic, uh, as well as on on my Twitter page at Omagic Daily. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, just a few quick thoughts there. Um, you know, I I think one reason the Magic did slow down, whether they want to admit it or not, was the schedule just really, uh, really got rough. Um, they they played eight games in twelve days. They won. Four games in the, in the first 
They won their four of their first five in that stretch and then lost the last three. Uh, so, and of course, ended that with a four and five game stretch. So for a young team that, that like Nate said, and, and like Frank Vogel has said, has such a small margin for error that they've got to play elite defense. It, again, it, it really doesn't matter what lineup Frank Vogel throws out there and, and what rotation he throws out there. This team is going to struggle offensively. Like I, like, like I think I've been saying and hammering home all, all summer, all season, is this team's offense just needs to be competent. They don't need to necessarily be elite or good. They just need to be competent so that when they play elite defense, which we think and, and know to some extent that they can, that's how they win games. Vogel said it, you know, when our offense is decent, if we play defense like we know we're capable of, we should win and win easily. That's how they beat Philadelphia. Philadelphia, well, the Philadelphia, they, they actually just played incredibly good offense, but that's how they beat Detroit, to be frank, to be frank. Uh, Detroit pushed them, but, you know, only they only won that game by six, but it felt like a 12-point game. Like, that was the kind of game where the Magic got up six, seven, eight points, and it never felt like Detroit was going to make a serious push because the Magic defense was that good. And so the Magic need to find a way to return to that defense, like I like I said earlier in the show. I'll get to Aaron Gordon in a bit, but I just want to share this stat as well. Uh, for, uh, in addition to what they said from NBA Wowie, uh, this tweet from John Schumann on Sunday at Sunday uh, Sunday morning, uh, Magic been destroyed in the paint with Biombo and Ibaka on the floor together. Not good when you have the fourth lowest effective field goal percentage outside the paint on the floor. The Biombo Ibaka pairing has a minus 10.9 points per 36 differential in the paint. So points in the paint differential per 36 is minus 10.9. Biombo and Vucevic is even at zero. And Ibaka and Vucevic is plus 2.8. I think we've covered this. Uh, I covered this on an episode last week. Nikola Vucevic has taken a big step forward defensively. And honestly, I think it's more important that the Magic get him back more than, than Biombo to some extent. Uh, a really good article uh, that that Ricky that Ricky Skrika, um hope I announced pronounced that correctly. Ricky um, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com talking a little bit about Bismack Biombo and how maybe he hasn't been playing as well as he would appear. This would certainly suggest that as well that the Magic just have not been able to get the kind of production that they need from the Biombo Ibaka pairing and. You know, you give a big contract to Biombo, you're relying on him a lot, and, and he does do good defensive things, but um, certainly he uh, probably needs to do a little bit more. Talking about Aaron Gordon, of course, we've covered him a lot on the podcast. I think I, I had something on him last week. At least I had something on him the week before, after the Detroit game, I believe. Uh, but uh, I, I think most Magic fans, uh, and I would agree completely, that the Magic do have to find a way to play Aaron Gordon at the four if not just as an experiment. My going theory on why the Magic have been hesitant to play Aaron Gordon at the four is because they don't feel the offense is settled in enough to try quirky lineups and experiment a little bit. They don't they don't feel comfortable enough with their base stuff to try little experiments like playing Aaron Gordon in a box at the four and five. Um, we did see in... Friday's game against Charlotte and a little bit in Saturday's game against the Nuggets, the Magic go to a Green Gordon Ibaka lineup. So it did happen very sparingly. Um, but, you know, whether you want to call Gordon the, the four, the three in that lineup, whatever. But 
I do agree that the Magic need to use Gordon more effectively as a quasi-four. He can play the three. Like I, I, like I said, I do like the idea of playing him with a guy like a Damian Rudej. Um, uh, hopefully a player better than Damian. No offense, Damian. But um, I do like the idea of playing him with a four who's just a stretch four and hangs around the perimeter so that Gordon can can go into the post a little bit more and work closer to the basket. I do think that is a more effective way to use Aaron Gordon, but the Magic just haven't done that for whatever reason. And I think it is a very fair and, and very accurate criticism to ask, why aren't the Magic doing this? Why aren't the Magic using Gordon in, in that kind of effective way? Why are they letting him dribble the ball around too much on the perimeter? He's much less effective when he's dribbling the ball around. He's actually pretty good. I would say the thing I am most impressed with uh, with Gordon and his development is he's gotten a lot better shooting off the dribble, but a rhythm jumper, you know, a a one dribble pull up, a two dribble pull up. He's really good at that. When he's kind of standing around the perimeter looking to make a play or trying to drive, that's when he isn't effective. And that's where, you know, if he's going to drive, if he's going to take a, a, a trip to the basket or try to get to the basket, that's where you want him a little bit closer to the basket. And I think that's what the Magic need to try and do to get the most out of Aaron Gordon. Uh, like I said, be sure to, to, to subscribe to the Dunked On Basketball Podcast. Uh, Nate and Danny do a fantastic job covering the entire NBA. Um, that is just a little bit of little taste of things. If you want to hear more from them, their 15 and 60 on the Eastern Conference this week is up on their podcast feed. Just search Dunked On Podcast, D-U-N-C apostrophe D for Dunked on iTunes. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast, the Locked On Magic Podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, as well, uh, we'll be trying to distribute to some other area, some other uh, locales as well. But pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the Locked On Magic podcast. We do appreciate all the kind reviews and comments on the show. It does help us get the word out and climb those rankings. You can of course follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily and follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well. And you can like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic uh, too if you want as well. That'll do it for today's show. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast today. The Orlando Magic take on the Atlanta Hawks. I believe that is a 7.30 tip-off at Phillips Arena in Atlanta. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, we will see you all tomorrow. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.